The views expressed on this Turnbuckle Tabloid live stream or Turnbuckle Tabloid podcast episode do not reflect the views, thoughts, or opinions of the RageWorks brand, including the RageWorks podcast network, RageWorks content partners, advertisers, and affiliates. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Yeah, what's going on? It's your boy Mike Harvey, and we're listening to Turnbuckle Tabloid. Five, four, three, two, one. Zero. All engine running. Lift off. great comedian and philosopher George Carlin once said when purchasing a pet you're purchasing a small tragedy in many cases that is true but in mind what happens in between the purchase and the tragedy is probably the best feeling of love warmth, companionship, connection, and bonding that you could possibly ever have close to having with with your child. It was a cold December in 2009, maybe three days, four days before Christmas. Sally just turned two a couple of months beforehand, and her mother and I were shopping in the shopping district in our neighborhood for any last-minute gifts that we were going to give. And we walked past the local pet store. When walking past the, the pet store, we saw the two sides of the display area, which had puppies on each side. On one side of the play area, we saw a whole, you know, about seven, eight puppies milling around in the paper, bouncing off each other, playing, drinking water and such. There was one that caught my daughter's mother, caught her eye, and it was this little brown and white furry four-legged boy who was just sitting in the corner looking out the window by himself, not even caring about the playfulness that's happening behind him. Immediately, my daughter's mother looked and when her, her gaze and made a notion to me to take a look at him. For some reason, his eyes were just shining blue. And we um we looked at each other and she says, Let's go see how much is he? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like I I I was out of work. 
I was on unemployment for some time and um, she was barely holding on to uh, the gig that she was working at. But, you know, she, she, she felt she still had a little bit of money left to hold on. I, um, I walked inside and I, and I asked the, um, the owner or the manager, whoever it was, and I said, um, Hey, the, the, the little brown and white one in the, in the corner. Uh, what is that? Which one is, is, oh, that's a Boston Terrier. Oh, um, how much is he? Oh, today we got, we got him for 700. So, you know, I, I looked at, I looked at Sally's mom and I said, that's not bad actually, but, um, it's still up to you if you want to buy him. She's like, I want him. I said, so let's do this. I don't want to make an impulse buy. It's, it's, it's an hour till closing time. No one's going to buy him. Let's go home. Let's think about it. And I'll come back tomorrow and I'll get him if you still really want him. She says, okay, go home, sleep on it. That night, to the next day god damn police sirens New York City saw probably one of the worst snowstorms in recent history my daughter's mother sat there worried I said A I don't think they're opening up the pet store and B if they did someone would be insane to go through the snowstorm to get him. It's ridiculous. So we'll, uh, we'll wait another day and I'll make sure to go as early as possible the next day to see if he's there. I remember it was a late Sunday morning. I dressed up warmly and geared up and made my way down to the pet store. Sure enough, the brown and white Boston Terrier was sitting in that corner. All the other pups was sleeping or just mulling around. But he was up, looking out the window, just gazing. And it looked as though he was waiting for something. But the funny thing is, I don't remember him being with brown eyes. I... uh it's it startled me. So I go inside and I asked the pet owner, the, the store owner, the manager, I said, um, Hey, the Boston that you had the other day, did you sell him? He goes, no, he's, he's out there. I said, no, the one that we saw had blue eyes. And he goes, I, I don't know, but that's, that's the one he's, he's always been there. So I gave a call to, um, my daughter's mother and I said, "Yeah, the, the Boston's there, but he doesn't have blue eyes. He, he has brown. I don't know what what happened there." I said, "I don't know if the light shined a certain way, but he has brown eyes. Do you still want him?" And she said, "Yes, I still want him." So after paying for him, getting his initial inoculations and getting the paperwork stuff signed off. They handed him to me 
And I was like, that, that's it. I don't like, you don't give me a box or a carrier. They say, nope, that's how you take them. So I take him and I'm still dealing with snow issues. I just bundle him up inside my jacket, put him inside, zip, zipped him up, kept him warm, carried him inside my jacket. And while walking or at least trying to find a bus to get home, the little fucker was just farting all the way. Um, by the time I got home and unzipped my coat, it was like a bomb of gas and baby milk, dog food, whatever it was that just secreted out of my out of my jacket. As soon as he came in, and I placed him down on the couch. He didn't. He didn't yelp. He didn't bark. He just sat on the couch and put his head down and laid there. When Sally first saw him, she instantly fell in love with him. And her mother came out excited. Um, I said, you're going to be okay. He, he doesn't have brown eyes. He doesn't have blue eyes. He has brown eyes. She goes, no, no, it's, it's fine. And immediately she had a name for him and she thought he had blue eyes. So she wanted to name him after her favorite wrestler, but she was already, she was already set with the name. So our new arrival to the house, our four-legged son, his name became Alan Jones Nieves. Alan Jones, AJ, or AJ Styles. As I passed, as I trained him, fed him, walked him, he began to grow on me more than anything because I had already said to myself, I really didn't want to have any pets. I've never had a pet full term. I've always had to give them away or if any pet I really did have full term, they were like hamsters, like tchotchkes like that. And they, they really didn't last long. So I, any dogs or cats that I had, I had to always give them away. And, um, I knew that this one wasn't going to be that kind of situation. I had already to, had to give a dog away a few years ago because of living conditions. We, we couldn't bring, the dog with us where we were moving to and this same apartment after someone else brought a dog and the landlord was like, no, you could have brought your dog. So I was already hesitant because I was still dealing with that burn. So I, um, I did what I did because I've been pretty good at training animals, especially dogs. Little fucker, he, what he really enjoyed to enjoy doing was biting on the cable cord. And we would wonder why the fuck the cable was going out. And it was because he was tearing up the cable cord that ran across the apartment. So I had to raise up the cord high above ground and make sure I had a teething ring for him. Or anytime he got next to a cord or such, I had to spray him with water. Through the years, I trained him to walk without a leash. Go outside. I will open up the door for him. I will stand on my 
on my stoop or sit on my stoop and he'll run out, go to the nearest tree, near the nearest hydrant, handle his business. I'll go pick it up and he'll run back into the house. He just wanted to be home. He liked to be home. Sometimes after long walks, you could tell he was just tired and he was still young, but he just didn't want to be out there. He just wanted to be home. And I remember when we first moved to our our other apartment, he got away from me and he ran. And I thought I was going to lose another dog. I thought that I, I thought I would never see him again. But while chasing him down and running him down, Someone yelled, hey, he, it, it, that's your dog. He went around here. He's, he's around the corner. He only ran about a block away, but where he ran to, he ran to an apartment building that would be exactly similar to what the block would be on our old neighborhood, which is only about four or five blocks away. So he kind of was telling me I wanted to just go back home. He wasn't comfortable with change and it's funny because the the apartment building had the same kind of setup the, the, the stoop in the front uh the doorway and the hydrant and he stood himself sat himself right by the hydrant i had already knew that there was something about him but that day it was something special not long after that I lost him again on the, walking without a leash and he just ran home. He, he bolted. He didn't want to walk anywhere. He just bolted. So I went running, looking for him. But then I said, I know AJ, he's probably by the house. And sure enough, I go by the house, our new apartment. We've only been there a few months and he was right there waiting for me. AJ, as you guys know on the show, as super producer, uh, super engineer AJ, and I called him super engineer AJ because Sully was super producer, and he was my super engineer because you heard him always in the back. You always heard his nails um, clanking on the floor, or him barking when someone would come in, or him licking on his bowl, drinking water, or eating his food, or him passing in and out of doorways, or even him breathing. When I would be recording and he would rest his head by my arm or by my leg and he'd just want me to rub him while I was recording. And you would hear him. you hear his breathing. Sometimes his snoring. AJ was there for me and Sally and my mom especially in our toughest of times. When my separation was occurring and finally the breakup happened, it was hard because I knew that my time with Sally would be cut because I wasn't going to see her every, you know, I would see her every day, but the time would be limited. And um, I felt that her mom was going to take him. But after packing and her moving her stuff out, she didn't even look at him. And it was funny because 
he gave her a look like honestly like, I'm not going with you I don't give a fuck what you think and she walked out with Sally in her hand and I just slumped in my kitchen crying because it was an end of an era and some of, some of us can't deal with change and some of us go through change very difficult. And AJ came to me while I was there on the floor, nudged me with his head, laid next to me and put his head on my lap while I cried. We then moved a couple of more times and AJ adjusted and a little, as I get a little bit older, he starts to understand, well, um, this is where I am. And as long as he had his bed, as long as he had his food, as long as he had us, AJ was comfortable and happy. Until recently. After many years of walking in and up the house, him barking at not only me, but everybody else who came in and out the doorway, AJ just loved to have people around. He loved to bark at them, jump at their lap if if he knew you. If you really knew you, you try to hump that leg. And after some time, AJ started picking up different traits. Like like he liked to rip off my sock and look at my toes. Or if he really liked you, and if you were standing there with shorts or something, he'll start licking the back of your knee and such. So every day I would come in and if I um, had purchased some pork rinds that morning, he knew already. And he'd be at the door waiting for me to give him his pork rind treat. But of course, I had to pat him on the head, let him know that I'm home. And if I didn't have pork rinds, I I had his treats there. Uh, One of his favorites was the dental one where it's long and, and he would just... You would think that for a dog like him, he, he would just take some time with it. No, but he would devour them in, in minutes. Of course, AJ would love to clear his throat after doing that. So you just hear him like a frog just going off. Then at night when I was home from work, after many years and after many, many moves, of course, he gets older and we get older. And, you know, certain things he weren't, he wasn't able to do anymore. His rambunctious ways of running up and down the stairs slowly diminished to a slow hop or a very cautious pace down the stairs and up. Then after some time, he couldn't even make it up and down the stairs and carrying him wasn't an option because although I, you know, I, I, I could pick things up. He was house trained. He was home trained and he, um, really didn't need to go outside as much. I had a balcony and the balcony would be there for him. The one thing about AJ that was constant with him is that puppy that was at the window always liked to be at the window. Or outside, looking at other people or looking at other things, looking at the world. And although you brought him out to the world to mingle, such, 
he didn't really want to be there. He wanted to be home. He just liked to look at the world. This past year, it was tough on him. His health began to decline. He started noticing that he wasn't responding to his name as much. The tricks, I told him, like, sit, lay, give me five, go to your bed. He wasn't really responding to them. I was told that sometimes dogs can become senile, go through Alzheimer's. He noticed he was getting cataracts in his eyes and maybe wasn't hearing too clearly. And although I I knew he was frightened about that, he just knew we were always around and we always showed him love. Super producer Sally would always check in on him, lay with him. He would always still find a way to, on the nights when I'm sleeping. When I didn't work, just continue with his loud snoring. I get used to it after a while. I could sleep through a buzzsaw, but he just had a particular way of snoring and putting me to sleep. A few months ago, I had to take him to the vet because um, he wasn't eating well. His urine was coming out in a color that I wasn't used to seeing. And we got him some medication and the doctor cleared him, set him on his way. And after the months of medication, the, the month of medication, he was fine. About a week and a half ago, AJ became violently ill. Um, he was pooping water and throwing up everywhere. And that happy go lucky dog that I knew every time I walked through the door wasn't that happy go lucky dog anymore. He just he barely could walk, couldn't barely stand on his hind heels, uh, hind legs. He was um wasn't eating, he wasn't drinking his water. He wasn't begging for cold cuts when I was making a sandwich or, or Ma would make a sandwich. He wasn't begging for rib tips or scraps from the Chinese restaurant. He would sleep most of the day. And after I got some medication for him, it, I, I thought he would make a turnaround. Then that one morning I walk in from work. Super producer Sally tells me that she couldn't sleep because he was crying all night. After trying to soothe his pain, try something with him, I realized that I had to take him to the emergency room. Before I walked out the door, Ma tells me, do you think you want to wake Sally up so she could say goodbye to him because he might not come back? It was one of the points of realization that I thought, he might not be coming home. After everyone gave their tearful goodbyes, I jumped in an Uber and rode my way, him wrapped in, a, in my bath towel. And as, I, as we rode to the emergency room, 
He just wailed all the way through. And that's when I said, I can't bring him home. My boy, you breathe this last breath at 1.39 p.m. August 3rd, 2023. We had him for almost 14 years. We had him when he was only two months old. I bottle fed him. I box trained him. I home trained him. And in the end, I was feeding him baby food and bottle feeding him water. That four-legged, that four-legged boy of mine was a good boy. And he was one through and through until the end. From him watching me clean like if he was my supervisor. To him. Resting his head. Jumping on the bed. Jumping on the couch. And nuzzling up next to you. As though he was comforting you. Not him being comforted. For his last breath, I was comforting him. This one is for my four-legged son, Super Engineer AJ. Thank you. Because of the near 16 years Sally has been on this earth. You were there for almost 14. And you raised her. And you gave me the ability to love again. And realize that. Although I might not be able to go through this again. That if with that glimmer of hope that I possibly will, it's because of you that I know I could possibly open up my heart to something, someone, you. I love you, my boy. And like Carlin said, When you're purchasing a pet, realize you're purchasing a small tragedy. But remember, in between that tragedy will be great fun, great adventures, and awesome, awesome moments. I love you, my boy, my AJ. When we come back, we'll... um, Hopefully, and be better in spirits. And um, we have tons to talk about. Uh, I'll give you my reviews of my final 
um, thoughts of WWE 2K23, as well as uh, other stuff. I'm sorry. Um, guys, don't go anywhere. Stick around. We have much to talk about. Talk to you guys in a sec. Write the book, be great enough to live the story. Living for the moment, take the biggest shot like Robert Ori. It has been planned since Sunday morning. Grandma cooking corn no porridge. Been so good, I had a halo, but you peeled just like an orange. So it's time to talk about the get back. Had a minor setback. Always been confused by how the rat and niggas set traps. Watch how he get high, I don't even need a jetpack. Everybody won't be fine, but then complain about the jet lag. By the time you end the race, me in my grave, that's why you dead last. Been by this since Flex was screaming, Cypher don't get gas. Flow retarded, but young niggas don't listen to radio. Dirty dancing with the outsiders, and I ain't Patrick Swayze, though. Remember when it took a while for me to write a song? Now I'm going Jesus anytime the mic is on. I'm renting on these beats, yet and still I'm taking the risk. Cause if I'm saying too much, they say it sound like politics. But never mind what they say. I'm caught up in this life, addicted to the music. I just hope I don't abuse it. Never wrote a yacht, yet these days I'm steady cruising. Passing gas rappers, but you know I never excuse them. Cause now they motivated by jacking a nigga swag just to see a check. Now it's cool for everyone and never want to be the best. I put my life between the lines like I grew up on that show on PB. That's why y'all move in the wrong direction like a cheating rap. That's what you said. content creators, DJ and I, and you are listening to Turnbuckle Radio. Turnbuckle Tabloid, cutting a promo. This week's cutting a promo, where we're going to be doing the before and after of SummerSlam. I had pre-recorded a a projection segment, which I thought I would have been able to air it beforehand, but uh, like I said, due to... Yeah, the untimely demise of my four-legged son. I um, had to hold off on that for a second on the release of the episode. And uh, I have that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play you that that uh, recording, by the way. Uh, this was done on the night of his passing. So excuse me, I was going through a little bit of um, emotions as well as a little bit of libations, if you know what I mean. I was maybe about eh, two six packs deep, possibly two and a half uh, during this recording. So if I sound a little slurry or a little bit tired or fatigued or whatever, yeah, I was going in. But upon hearing the recording, I have to say that, um, ah, you know what? You guys figure it out. So, this is uh, as a recording of my project, my predictions of it. And then afterwards, you guys will be hearing 
me live uh, discussing my thoughts of Summer Slams, the uh, post uh, post thoughts of the show. So the card that they have for Summer Slam, I'm um I'm surprised because I thought there'd be more, but it's they only have eight. Probably more beyond uh uh book during the week as of this recording, but gotta tell you that even with that, she this fucking card is is stacked. Coming off the back, we have Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. And um I'm waiting for a stipulation to be added to this. Maybe it'll be added uh on SmackDown as per this recording, but I still take Cody on this. The big story is Cody. Gotta take Cody, right? We gotta take Cody here. Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. And the biggest story is will they, won't they, will Damien cash in? And you know what? I think Finn gets the uh, new title prestigiously presented this past few months. Seth could take a couple of days off and 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 just have time with his child, and Finn could have a back and forth with uh, Damien. I like this, and I I I I'm I could believe that um, one way or another, Finn wins this, and then Damien. You know what? If, in my in my in my opinion. Finn wins this. We get Oscar, Charlotte Flair, and Bianca Belair. <sighs> Oscar walks away with this again. She takes this, but, but I believe the cash in for the money in the bank happens here, and uh. EO fucking cashes in here. I'll take this. We didn't get for the WWE Universal World. What the fuck they calling it? Any case, Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso. Jay can't win this. I believe the the, the storyline progresses to where it's just uh, Jimmy comes back and there's a. It's a bloodline story. Roman retains. Ricochet and Logan Paul. Um, who really cares about this? I thought I would, but I, I found out that I really didn't because the buildup sucked and Ricochet is not really good on putting something over. So. If Logan Paul wins, which I believe he will, I'm okay with that. Gunther versus Drew McIntyre. This is going to be a great match, but Gunther wins because I need him to beat uh, Honky Tonk Man's uh, record. 
Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler. I I I I got the build up that they did this past week. That I, I was with the shits, and um, this is um Ronda's um supposedly uh bye bye, but I wanted to be that Shayna squashes the shit out of her. So I'm taking Shayna Baszler here. And finally, with um what I what I saw with the lineup here, it's um uh the SummerSlam Battle Royal or the um whatever the fuck it is. LA Knight. All right, guys. Uh other than that, we got much to talk about, or you know, if not, I'll see you guys in a sec. Thank you, highly inebriated Jay, for giving us your thoughts on your predictions for SummerSlam 23. Um, yeah, that was a rough night. Hope you guys understand. Really. Oof. So, uh, as for the results and my predictions, did I nail them? Was I close? We shall see. So, kicking off the night, we had the the opening of the car, the curtain jerker, you as you may uh you may know and that, that they say in the business. We had uh Ricochet versus Logan Paul. Um fun match, entertaining match. Not gonna say it was its cleanest, but when you want to take the aspect of these two men really meeting for a singles match for the first time, and um the Build up, which was eh, subpar, but still manageable. And the fact that although talented Ricochet has as much charisma as a Funk Funko Pop, I uh, I have to say like the, the 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 match had its moments, of course, and then the finish, which I was okay with the using of the brass knuckles, but I was just confused on why the referee blinded himself when the punch came. Somebody explain that to me. Logan Paul using the brass knucks and then, um, yeah. We get Logan Paul winning and uh, I, I, I'm I not upset with that. He's supposed to be a dastardly kind of asshole so I was okay with that. We didn't get Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar in a singles match, which, once again, not quite sure what to make of this. The match itself was uh was really good. The chair spot, uh, the, sorry, the um the steel chair, the steel steps spot allowed by the ref. Uh, even the commentators should have made mention of like, yeah. Uh, they're getting away with a lot of stuff here, ladies and gentlemen. The, the ref is using it at his discretion, but uh, other than that, uh, Cody gets the win here, and with torn shorts and all, Brock takes off his gloves and gives Cody a nice handshake as well as a big hug to show the guy that he's earned his respect. 
Then we get the 25-man Slim Jim Battle Royale. Um, What was... I mean, I'm glad that Slim Jim made... I sponsored this, but what was the outcome like what's what 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 did, did they get a lifetime a lifetime supply of slim gyms i don't i don't know well la knight wins and what did he exactly win a battle royal oh okay i got it big shock that amas came in he looked strong and um did what a big man's supposed to do good job we didn't get um, an MMA, MMA rules match, style match between Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey. Was it the most cleanest of matches? It was actually a shot would look real stiff. It was a, a high knee in which uh, Shayna took from Ronda. Match was a little bit all over the place. Wasn't uh, the best, but the, the best did win because I did want Shayna to win and she won via tap out. Uh, Ronda tap. So that goes to show that Ronda is definitely on her way out and may not be coming back. And I'm happy with that. We didn't get Drew McIntyre versus Gunther for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Don't think that anyone thought that Drew was going to win. I knew they were going to put on a hell of a match. I wish someone would have done a chops clock because they were they were serving him and they were putting him in. Drew looked like he was pulling back a little bit on some of those chops, but uh, for the most part, it was big beefy men just doing what it is that big beefy men do. Good match for me. Gunther gets the win here, and he will break the honky tonk man's record. We then get Finn Balor versus Seth freaking Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship and. This was by far, my opinion, maybe the best match of the night. I was very uh, pleased with the outcome here, uh, how it played out, the storytelling, especially towards the end. Both men, uh, I think there, there should be still a story to tell, but I don't think it's with Seth. I think within the Judgment Day, there is a story that's going to be there, and we shall see uh, this upcoming role. Um, if you didn't, guys didn't see it, check it out. Uh, Damian Priest coming in and um, Finn insisting that he assist by using the money in the bank in a certain way. But uh, Seth was able to pull out the win here. We didn't get the women's triple threat match for the WWE Women's Championship. We got Bianca Belair versus Asuka and Charlotte Flair. Fun match. Um, I have to say that all three women looked good here. There was um, a moment in which we did believe that Bianca was injured. I thought that the, the cell and how they put it together was really good. Very um, Brian Daniel-esque at WrestleMania. But uh, they, they, they pulled it off well here. Um, in the end, Charlotte is uh, securing the figure eight lock on an injured Bianca in which Oscar comes in, sprays the mist. And then we get Bianca as the winner. Then after that, a wounded Bianca is in the ring and we hear the money in the bank holder, uh, EO sky 
make a play to the ring. And what do you know? EO Sky with a huge pop gets the win here. And lastly, for the WWE Universal Championship, undisputed WWE Universal Championship, we have tribal combat between Jey Uso and Roman Reigns. Um, long storytelling. Uh, I think the crowd was in it. I think they were more embracing the story of it. See, for me, I was getting to that point to where I'm like, I'm not, I don't think that the story is done, but when you have a match of this magnitude, especially in a pay-per-view, you want to bring the hard hitting. You want to bring the fight. And it it ran too long for me. It's like 35 minutes, almost 30, shit, 37 minutes, shit. Yeah, it ran too long for me. And for a fight like that, I want to see it's combat. You want to see them go, really go at it. But uh, Jay had a good showing here. Roman, of course, looked excellent. Of course, we had our extra supporting actors in here. We had um, Solo Sokoa, and we had um, we had, of course, the returning Jimmy Uso, who made a shocking return, which we're looking to see play out on SmackDown. But um, you're reigning and defending WWE's undisputed Universal Champion Roman Reigns retains so all in all SummerSlam was good I I I I, I could say that it was a, a good night if you know if I'm gonna do a ratings of it uh two and a half stars out of four two and a half out of you know out of a four pack of beer I'll give it a two and a half it, it was it was cool it was a fun time big shout out to the boys who came through and um watched it and uh came came down at our time of need and Really, really um, show some support and love to the family. So big shout out to the peoples that came through. And um, and there's not much more I can say about that. But when we return, we have, uh, have our segment of Heels of the Week. And boy, is this one a doozy. So don't go anywhere. Stick around. Much to talk about. See you guys in a second. This is James Matter. You're listening to Turnbuckle Tabloid. Oh, we're back again, ladies and gentlemen, for another week's segment of Heels of the Week. In this segment, we bring to you the buffoonery, the nonsense, and the ridiculousness of the quote-unquote bad people of wrestling inside and outside the ring. Coming in at number three is Jade Cargill. Why? Why Jade Cargill? Well, Jade Cargill was recently asked on her uh, Twitters, or X's now, is that what it's called? You're posting, you're putting up an X? God, it's so fucking stupid. Any case, Jade Cargill was recently asked on her postings, her social medias, whether or not will she be returning to AEW because her fans miss her and she replied not anytime soon she went on also to go in depth into saying that she's enjoying her time uh, outside of wrestling and 
as uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, a fan asked, "Why are you not coming back when it was wrestling? Who uh, AEW wrestling in 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 a, in a nutshell? Who made you the star that you are?" In which she mentions it says that it she was a star beforehand, and it was because of her that. Shaquille O'Neal did the AEW spot. Um, who knew of you before this? My dear, I only knew of you because of AEW. After um, her streak of 60 and 0 ended by uh, Chris Statlander, it was said that she'd be taking some time off. <laughs> taking time off. When the fuck does she really work? She only worked fucking 60 matches in a three-year span. What's that? Uh, almost what? A match and a half a month if we're doing, a, uh, doing the math? If that? Jesus. But says she was taking some time off and uh, put up the quote that says, life is, life is good. I'm so thankful. Oh, Cargill. Obscurity is a very lonely place. You better hope that uh, those good looks of yours will be able to transition over elsewhere because WWE is not going to want you. Hey, it might be some openings and impact, right? In second place. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. AEW. But this time, is Tony Khan? Is this his doings? Seems as though that Bret Hart recently said on his podcast, well, on someone's podcast, actually, not his, but on someone's podcast, that, um, yeah, he, 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 he asked to, he asked AEW to help, you know, if they needed anything, he could do some helping, some agent work, some possible booking and such. And, uh, AEW turned him down, stating that, no, we're fine, but we could bring you in for managerial work. <laughs> Managerial work for Bret Hart. The, the, one of probably the greatest minds in wrestling history. Family lineage. And I mean, anybody would want to go under that learning tree, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a jump. It's, it's, it's a layup, right? Uh, yeah, but no, we'll bring you in as a manager. Case as many of you may or may not know, Brett was much, much well versed in ring as a wrestler for his physical attributes, as opposed to his promo work. He wasn't really the most charismatic individual on the mic. But with that being said, wouldn't you want him to come in and be the guy who helps to bring some? Knowledge and some wisdom to your up and coming indie wrestlers who may or may not have had, I don't know, maybe two years of wrestling under their belt legitimately. But what do I know? I'm just a guy behind a microphone from New York City who just talks shit to about 300, 400 people every episode. Even I, even Stevie Wonder could have seen that that would have been a fucking good gig for Brett to just go in there and, and possibly get into that dusty role. But what do we know? 
and in the number one spot, finishing in first place. Uh, the artist formerly known as Charlie Caruso, WWE announcer, known as now as uh, Charlie Arnott. Charlie Arnott is now with uh, some conservative. I don't know. She's just. I, she, this woman has sold her soul to the right wing. This uh, woman at one time was pro LGBTQIA plus. Uh, I mean, there was some alludings that she may have been gay at one point, but the uh, Outkick reporter who leaves ESPN, who left ESPN not too long ago, made some startling remarks about the recently hospital transported son of LeBron James. Bronny James was uh, placed in cardiac arrest and uh, due to his workout regimen at USC, uh, as of this recording, he's fine. He's back home. He's uh, slowly but surely progressing. But Charlie not uh, alluded to that uh, maybe it was because of the vax that he fell ill. You know, this whole conspiracy that the vax is killing our kids. Uh, Charlie, Charlie. For this, I have to cut off the music for a sec because um, you really have gone real deep into the right wing water, the right wing waters, and it's getting real deep for you, real deep. Because she has mentioned that once someone asked her, like, what happened to you? This wasn't the type of person you were. She mentioned, oh, I will. I always felt this way about the vaccines because I couldn't speak about it. I guess she's talking about WWE and ESPN didn't allow her to say anything about it. But what do they give a shit? And why would you even fucking care to mention anything about it? Now I'm free to talk about it. So, Charlie, let me just give you a small inkling of what's going on with our kids these days. We're seeing some rate of our children having heart ailments and such in large hearts, especially with athletes because of the high intensity workout that they're given these days. Long gone are the days of what we used to just have our um, athletes who were, you know, just take steroids and smoke cigarettes and drink. Yeah, because. You know, that's a healthy regimen because, you know, they just end up dying maybe around 50, 55 years of age. Now, now this day and age, our kids are in different workout regimens. They have actually more uh, stress factors as well. Well, you know, you may not know this, but uh, Ronnie James is the son of LeBron James. So pretty much everything that that kid does is under a microscope. And I think that, uh, that could add a little stress to a person's lifestyle, don't you think? Well, because, you know, Sharif O'Neal, whose uh, father is Shaquille O'Neal's, he, um, he too had a cardiac event. And this was prior to the Vax. Ever heard of Reggie Lewis? Yeah, he was a, uh, a star athlete as well. Was going to play for the Boston uh, Celtics. And uh, yeah, he had a cardiac uh, event as well and passed away. He died. Oh, um, Hank Gathers. Yeah, he too. He, he, 
died from uh, cardiac arrest as well. Uh, children, child, young individuals, it, it tends to happen. People do tend to have enlarged hearts, athletics, athletic hearts. It, it does occur. Uh, it's like when DeMar Hamlin took a shot in his chest while playing in the National Football League on live TV with a helmet from an individual who was going at a high, highly elevated speed. Some may even equate to you going chest first into a, I don't know, uh, steering wheel at, 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 at a high speed. Yeah, he had a cardiac event as well. But they also alluded to it because being of the of the vax. None of you people are doctors. None of you people are scientists. None of you have even played doctors or scientists on TV. And for the most part, many of you who have these questions, thoughts, opinions, don't even investigate them fully. Fully. Any of you guys just love to stir up the pot because. Maybe, just maybe, certain areas of news media draws a little money than others and draws a little bit more attention. So this is why we say, uh, how do we say in our in, in my neck of the woods? Uh, talking out of your ass. So the artist formerly known as Charlie Caruso. Charlie or not, you are the leading and Foremost defending heel of the week. <laughs> ah, I need to go get the shot again. <laughs> this is going to be my fourth shot. What's up, everybody? It's Brad Williams, and you are listening to Turnbuckle Tabloid. So before I let you guys go, I wanted to leave you with one story that I didn't tell about my four-legged son, our boy, Super Engineer AJ. And this is a story that uh, not many people know about. This is one that um, happened to us some time back, and it basically gave me a... um, the realization of how important life is, but also those of those of a pet, as well as not knowing that small, maybe possible miracles or um, instances of life-saving events can occur without you even knowing. So uh, we were living in our old apartment. Uh, this is two apartments ago. I'll tell you, we've moved around our neighborhood like gypsies. I've been in like five or six apartments in the last 20 years. So uh, we were at our older, uh, one of our older apartments and this apartment was huge. It was a big apartment and we had the whole third floor. With that, AJ would still always want to be uh, beside me especially when I was sleeping at this time, AJ was able to jump on the bed. He could sleep next to me on the bed. I was, I believe I had just started or if not, I've been maybe a year and a half in from working overnights. So during the 
uh, mornings until the uh, about two two thirty in the afternoon, I would uh, be sleeping, and I would wake up and to go pick up Super Producer Sally from school. On this day, I came in. I was extremely tired, and I uh, just told my mother I said this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna crash. Just be sure I get up at uh, about about two o'clock. Now, we had in our far, the far end of our apartment, which would be where the living room and the studio and the kitchen would be at, we had a window that was there. And then that window would be, a, uh, it would be gated because it was also a fire escape. So for some time, that gate wouldn't close. It, it, it wouldn't latch properly. We didn't worry about it too much because we were like, hey, um, we always kept the windows closed and such. So we didn't really um, have much to worry about if anybody was breaking in and such. And we've always had um, a pretty, pretty tight knit community where, where, you know, not much burglaries were occurring around that time. So I go to sleep and maybe around... Uh, 12.45, 12.50, AJ just starts barking ridiculously. I mean, out of control. I was used to that because of him barking, because usually he would bark when someone wouldn't ring the alarm or someone would knock on the door. That, that was something that was a constant that he did all the time. So at this point in time, I believed... A, some is someone for downstairs in the other apartment or other apartments or B, it was a delivery. And if there was a delivery, they'll just leave it in the, in the, um, doorway. So I wasn't really too concerned with it. But for some reason, he was barking really, really loud and, and a lot. Like he was going insane, but he didn't leave the bed. He usually, if it was like someone at the door or, or knocking or the bell, he would run to it. But for this reason, he was on the bed with me and he just kept barking really, really loud and continuously, continuously. And also, he added a growl to it, which I hardly ever heard him do. Like it was like he usually would, rawr, rawr, but this was, rawr, rawr, and it was like, like a deep, deep growl. So I'm like, I woke up quickly. I noticed that I heard him. I go, hey, you all right? And he just kept going, so I was, okay, maybe it's a package. And I, go, I, and I go back to sleep. I wake up, uh, go pick up Sally, come back, go to go on my laptop. And I notice that my laptop is missing. I used to leave my laptop either in the studio area, which would be the dining room area, or I would leave it on my kitchen countertop. And I noticed that it was missing. Just as I was saying that, I get a, a a knock on the door, and it was for my neighbors downstairs, and she was alerting me that it was break-ins that that occurred that uh, during that day on the same day, and she was wondering if anything was missing. So I said, uh, "I am actually looking for my laptop," and. Just then, a police officer came, and 
ask me questions. You, you did, you said you're missing a laptop. And then I said, yeah, I usually would put it here. And as a matter of fact, I'm looking around. Maybe if I'm put it in a room, he says, where, where would you live? So I told him where it was. So he immediately went to the kitchen. And he went to the window. He says, is this window usually open? And when I saw the window was wide open, there shouldn't have been any reason why that window was wide open because we never left that window open. And then I noticed that the gate was open. And I said, holy shit. So the police came, uh, took a report. And um, that evening, a detective came by. And he was asking me questions. And he said, um, well, we were uh, noticing that it was a uh, bunch of brass records. He says, let me show you something. So he showed me a video of the intruders going into one building going down one roof, going up one roof, going back up that roof, going to go towards our roof. But my landlord always kept that door locked with the roof, uh, the roof door locked. They couldn't get in through there. So they went their way down through the fire escape. There's no showing of them as a point of entry going into my apartment. But detectives will lead to believe that that's what happened and they came in and he had asked me um was there anything else missing so i said no so he's looking around i have my studio equipment i have two tvs i have all my video game systems i have another uh desktop computer for the you know i was doing my studio and my my um and Sully's works uh, schoolwork stuff and he's like wow and the only thing was taken was a laptop and I said, yeah, at this time, AJ comes out of the room because AJ was sleeping at the time. And he looks at AJ. He goes, you have a dog. I go, yeah, it's my boy. And he goes, oh, um, where where was the dog during the time of the possible break in? And I'm going, I don't even know what the time of the break in was. He goes, oh, let me check something. So he looks. He notices, he says, well, they started breaking into the apartments about 1230. And I started thinking, I was like, holy shit. And he looked at me and he goes, why, what happened? I says, well, my dog started really going crazy around 1240, 1245-ish because he had woken me up. And I, I thought I was getting up to go to pick up my daughter from school. And it was still early. He goes, Really? And I go, yeah, I said, but the funny thing was my mother would have been around and she's going blind. So she wouldn't have noticed anything. So he goes, hmm. He says, go ask your mother what she was doing around that time. I'm thinking. So I go to, and I go to mom and I says, you know, I asked her what time, you know, what, I mean, what was she doing during that time? And she says she was in the shower. She was in a tub during that time. So I was like, oh, did you hear AJ barking when you was in the tub? She goes, yeah, I remember he was. He says, I thought she says, I thought it was for a package, but or somebody was ringing the bell, but I was in the tub. I wasn't going to get up. And um, I, was, I said, but did he sound different to you? She goes, yeah, he was a little bit more louder. He actually growled more. And the cop looked at me and he says, you know, your dog might have actually just saved you guys lives without even knowing it because you don't know if those people were armed. 
you don't know if they would have saw your mother and would have been startled and what they could have done to her or what could have done to you because you were sleeping. From what we know, they made their exit. The only camera view we have of them is leaving out the street. So what they did was, was since they knew they couldn't come out of the roof, they heard the dog, weren't able to grab anything and ran right out of the building. And that's when I realized that AJ, who sat at that window, waiting and watching, may have been put with us for a reason. Because he was waiting and watching for us all the time. And on that note, I may not be able to come to grips with possibly having another pet again. But I, I hope that doesn't stop you guys from if you, if you didn't have one to go out and share your love for a four legged or three legged or two legged because, you know, there's some animals out there who need your attention, even though they, they're not fully developed. And there are some that are out there who are of high of age who were left stranded and abandoned because of un, unruly or no, for no reason, uh, circumstance. And they need you. So uh, if you guys do have the space, the time, the care, and the heart to do that, I recommend that you guys go out there and adopt a pet. I know it's cute to get yourself a newborn puppy and such like that, but we have our, our older pets out there that do need your love, attention, and your comfort, especially in their later their later years, because you wouldn't want to be alone in your later years as well. So maybe you want to do that and share that for a pet out there or an animal out there as well. So I, I would highly suggest you do that. And on that note, make sure you check us out on all the social media outlets, Turnbuckle Tabloid. Check us out on the Like and Group page and um, check us out on the Facebooks, on the Instagrams, on the Twitters, or the X's. Um, TikTok, Spotify, everywhere, and as well as on RageWorksNetwork.com and RageWorks.net. And uh, for my family, I thank you guys for listening. And for my four-legged son, AJ, know that daddy loves you. He will always love you. And I just can't wait for you to come back home meeting your ashes because I think it'll make the healing process easier for us. And on that note, I love you guys. Check you guys later. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Lift off. Turnbuckle Tabloid.